0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast, I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the Feast of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
1: And with your spirit.
0: To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy.
1: Lord, have mercy.
0: Christ, have mercy.
1: Christ, have mercy.
0: Lord, have mercy.
1: Lord, have mercy. mercy.
0: Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech you, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel, may, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, by his Passion and Cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever.
1: Amen.
2: A reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians. It was not till fourteen years had passed that I went up to Jerusalem again. I went with Barnabas and took Titus with me. I went there as the result of a revelation, and privately I laid before the leading men the good news as I proclaimed it amongst the pagans. I did so for fear the course I was adopting, or had already adopted, would not be allowed. On the contrary, they recognised that I had been commissioned to preach the good news to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been commissioned to preach it to the circumcised. The same person whose action had made Peter the apostle of the circumcised had given me a similar mission to the pagans. So, James, Cephas and John, these leaders, these pillars, shook hands with Barnabas and me as a sign of partnership. We were to go to the pagans and they to the circumcised. The only thing they insisted on was that we should remember to help the poor, as indeed I was anxious to do. When Cephas came to Antioch, however, I opposed him to his face, since he was manifestly in the wrong. His custom had been to eat with the pagans. But after certain friends of James arrived, he stopped doing this and kept away from them altogether for fear for the group they insisted on circumcision. The other Jews joined him on this pretense, and even Barnabas felt himself obliged to copy their behaviour. When I saw they were not respecting the true meaning of the good news, I said to Cephas in front of everyone. In spite of being a Jew, you live like the pagans and not like the Jews, so you have no right to make the pagans copy Jewish ways. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God.
2: Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. O praise the Lord, all you nations. Acclaim him, all you peoples.
0: Go out to all the world and tell the good news.
2: Strong is his love for us. He is faithful forever. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You have received the Spirit which makes us God's
0: children, and in that Spirit we call God our Father. Hallelujah! The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, Say this when you pray. Father, may your name be held holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive each one who is in debt to us, and do not put us to the test. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: In my former parish, where I celebrated a lot more Italian funerals than than where I do now, um, one of the customs was to pray the rosary before the funeral mass. I always found it interesting to see the kind of reaction that people had. You know, you'd see the nonna's very pious with the beads in their hands saying Ave Maria, Ave Maria, Ave Maria. Uh, Then you'd see the husbands with absolutely no interest whatsoever. And, you know, they were busily kind of looking up and counting the ceiling tiles. And then you'd see the grandkids looking even more bored than the nonni, just wondering, like, What is the go with all of this repetition, with all of these words? In fact, it was after a funeral once, I was at the cemetery waiting for the burial, and um, a couple of young people actually came up to me and said, look, what is the story with the rosary? I mean, it just sounds like a lot of superstition, you know? If you say the prayers often enough, then maybe God will overhear it once and find it pleasing. But, you know, for us, it's anything but pleasing. It sounds kind of monotonous and painful. And I was actually glad they came and spoke to me about it because, you know, fair enough. It's quite possible to get that impression from the rosary if all you ever do is look at it from the outside. If all you do is approach it as if it were a kind of recording which you needed to press play on. Well, I suppose it touches on a pretty, you know, important intuition that actually it's not simply about saying one Our father and 10 How Marys and a glory bee that's not really at the heart of it because at the end of the day like does God really need me to repeat myself over and over and over again is that what makes my prayer more acceptable no of course not and that's exactly what these young people were kind of touching on it's like well there's got to be something more to it because if that's all it is then you know what's the point well I think on this score One of our past popes can help us out a bit. And I know what you're thinking. He's going to talk about John Paul II. And yes, John Paul II was a great promoter of the Holy Rosary. But I'm actually going to go a couple of popes before him. Pope Paul VI. He was a great champion of the Rosary too. Towards the end of his pontificate, he wrote a document called Marialis Cultus. And I think he approaches this question really well. Have a listen to this. Without contemplation, the Rosary is a body without a soul. And its recitation is in danger of becoming a mechanical repetition of formulas and of going counter to the warning of Christ. He says, and in praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. By its nature, the recitation of the rosary calls for a quiet rhythm and a lingering pace. Helping the individual to meditate on the mysteries of the Lord's life, as seen through the eyes of her who was closest to the Lord. In this way, the unfathomable riches of these mysteries are unfolded. So there you go. Paul the Sixth himself actually looks at that very question. You know Jesus reminds his disciples that when they pray, they're not supposed to babble like the pagans do. You see, there was a kind of form of prayer that the pagans would engage in, which was literally babbling, you know, that they would kind of allow themselves to, you know, sort of speak random words and syllables in the hope that somehow they would just chance upon the right combination of sounds which would make their prayer heard by the God to whom they were praying. As if somehow they'd stumbled upon the right incantation or spell that's not a child coming to his or her father. And I think that's the kind of thing that these young people were sort of getting at when they were talking to me in the cemetery. You know, What's the go with all of these words? Like, What's the point? What's it accomplishing? And Paul VI is right. He goes, well, without contemplation, without meditating upon the mysteries which are contained within the rosary, the rosary is a body without a soul. And what's a body without a soul? It's a dead body. All it is, is structure. All it is, is shape. That structure and shape, as important as it is, needs to be infused with life. And contemplation, that's the life of the rosary. You know, in some ways, I think it's a little bit unfortunate that when we talk about how to pray the rosary, we immediately jump to, okay, here it is. There are the beads. The big one, that's in Our Father. The little one, that's a Hail Mary. And you do one of those and then 10 of those and then one of those and then 10 of those. And Okay, fair enough, That's that's how you pray the rosary. But that's only the structure. That's not how to make it alive. To make it alive, you need to be drawn into the mystery. Because it turns out the decade of the rosary turns into a kind of meditative and rhythmic unit of time. That as I pray, and our Father, a Hail Mary, a Hail Mary, a Hail Mary, what I'm being drawn into is the very mystery which is being presented to me. The words, they kind of fall into the background I mean, it's not like I'm sitting there thinking about how to pray the Our Father or how to pray the Hail Mary. You know, you pray it often enough and and it becomes second nature so that as my lips enter into this rhythmic and lingering pace, as, as Paul VI puts it, that it frees my mind to turn toward Christ and to his mother and to meditate upon the mystery on the joyful, on the luminous, on the sorrowful, on the glorious. The risk, I think, is that we imagine that in order to pray the rosary, it means starting at one end of the beads and getting to the other end of the beads. Um, But if that's our goal, if it's just about getting it done, about performing the structure which is in front of us, I think you do end up more with a dead body. And let's face it, that's pretty boring. So let me offer a couple of tips. Um, And in fact, these tips, they actually do come from John Paul II, you know, a real hero of the rosary. He actually described it as his favourite prayer. Well, how to keep focused on the mystery, how to keep the contemplation present in the recitation of the rosary and not allow it to fall into just getting the job done. Well, first off, he says, okay, take a moment to actually announce the mystery. Turn your attention to it, the first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden, and then pause. Use your imagination. Enter into the garden. Go there with Jesus. And then start your prayer. Take a bit of scripture. Actually, read an account or read a short passage which is relevant to the mystery which you're contemplating. It becomes a great way of actually turning your attention. Having a picture of the mystery in front of you can be helpful too. Now, you might sort of go, okay, well, but that takes extra time. Doing that in the rosary, like, I've only got a few minutes, and 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 I've got to get my rosary done. It's like, "Mm, do you? Maybe it's better to pray a couple of decades fruitfully and really well rather than plough through all five. That's something to consider, I think. Better to do a few decades well, and then build on that, rather than blast through and congratulate yourself for having done the 50 Hail Marys, because surely that was pleasing to God. The second thing that Pope John Paul II points to as a means of returning our minds in the midst of distraction um, is by looking at the Hail Mary itself. It's the angelic salutation, right? It's, it's what, firstly, the archangel Gabriel says to Mary at the Annunciation. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. And then we get the words of our lady's cousin, Elizabeth. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And then we get at the very centre of the Hail Mary, the holy name of Jesus. How appropriate that at the heart of the Hail Mary is her son, And John Paul actually points to that fact of Jesus being at the very centre of the Hail Mary as being a means of returning ourselves always to the mystery. So he says, well, why don't you give Jesus a title right at the middle of the Hail Mary? So, you know, if you are focusing on the first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden, you say, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, agonising in the garden. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. And if you do that for every Hail Mary of the decade, then ten times you're being brought back to the mystery that you're contemplating. In which case, you might have been distracted, but only for the length of a Hail Mary, because you're back to the mystery. It takes a bit of focus to be able to do that. You, you can't just kind of rattle off the Hail Marys willy-nilly. Um, you've actually got to stay present and, and keep your mind a little bit occupied on what you're doing. Um, so it's a really excellent way of bringing the mind into contemplation to allow the Rosary to be truly alive. So if on this Feast of Our Lady, the Holy Rosary, you, know, you do decide to dust off the beads and give it a go really try to put contemplation at the heart of the prayer of the Rosary, rather than just the repetition of the external prayers. And while you're at it, can I humbly ask you maybe to um, say a quick Hail Mary for me. Um, I was ordained a deacon on the Feast of the Holy Rosary um, ten years ago, so uh, it's an important day for me and one that's very close to my heart. So if you wouldn't mind reminding our Blessed Mother that... um,
1: Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: And we finish by praying Pope Francis' prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, You shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.